I don't know about you, but a few of those complaints sounded familiar. Have you ever caught yourself in one of those kind of complaints? Uh, complaining because the fridge is too full. And there's no room for your leftover fajitas that you ate last night and they gave you way too many fajitas to start with. Complaining because you're hungry, but you don't know what you want to eat. There's too, too many choices in the refrigerator. Too many clothes in your closet. Too many channels and nothing to watch. It is amazing what we will complain about. It's amazing what we take for granted. What we think of as the worst rather than as a blessing. Luke chapter 6, Jesus stands in a crowd of people from all over. A crowd of people with various backgrounds. There are Jews, there are Gentiles, there are the sick, there are the healed, there are the hurting, and there are even hurtful people in that crowd. And He speaks, as He speaks, He begins by defining blessings. We're going to be in Luke 6, chapter, or chapter 6, verses 20 through 26, page 862 in the Bibles in front of you. If the Wi Fi is working, and it is a blessing when the Wi Fi works, you can look at the notes on the UVersion app. Now, as we look at Jesus' definition of blessings, we would have to admit that as we read, what Jesus considers to be blessings may not be on our list of blessings. What Jesus calls a blessing, this is His list. This is not our list. And if we're counting our blessings, we are likely not counting these as blessings. But verse 20 begins, and He lifted up His eyes on His disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Those, those don't sound like blessings. At least not, not for us. That's not how we define blessings. I got on Twitter this last week. I don't get on Twitter all that much, but I got on Twitter and, and I did a search for the hashtag. Hashtag blessed. And I wanted to see what the most, where, where, where the hashtag blessed had been used the most, the most reaction to hashtag blessed, what, what ways was that being used, and, and which, which tweets were getting the most attention. One of them was a video, it was a nice video, that someone had taken of a lasagna. Uh, his girlfriend had made a lasagna for him. And he took this video and he showed it from the sides, so he saw the layers, you know, and then he went to the top, he saw the cheese. And he said, my lady can cook, hashtag blessed. Jesus said, blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. There was another tweet that included pictures of a beautiful apartment, just an amazing apartment. And the tweet read, I just put my first down payment, I just put my first deposit on my luxury two-bedroom apartment and I am only 18 years old. Hard work truly pays off. Hashtag blessed. And maybe I'm just old, but my first question is, what kind of hard work does an 18-year-old do to get a luxury apartment? And then I remember Jesus' words, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Now, now, there were others. There were other tweets, other uses of the hashtag blessed that, that I enjoyed. It's 
One of them said, 125 days sober. I've never felt better. Hashtag blessed. Another one said, the guy behind me bought my coffee. Hashtag blessed. I love that one. But all of this to conclude, I, I wonder when we count our blessings, what do we count? What do we call blessings? Sobriety or lasagna? Which one is a blessing? Is our blessings what we have or is our blessings in what we lack? Do we count blessings the way Jesus does? Do we count them for ourselves the way Jesus does? Do we count blessings for others the way Jesus does? See, I think this is where it really hits us. With those people around us, those people who hear us, the people who interact with us, because what Jesus is telling us in this list of blessings is there are people around us who are blessed, but they don't know that they're blessed. In a lot of ways, there are people around us who are a lot like the crowd that was around Jesus that day. They were poor. They were hungry. They were suffering. Some of them were outcasts. How do you think they heard His list of blessings? Blessed are you who are poor! Blessed are you who are hungry now. Blessed are you who weep now. I don't think anyone up to that point had ever told them that they were blessed. You certainly couldn't have proved it. You couldn't have proved that they were blessed by the way that they were living. If you go back just a couple of verses, you go to Luke chapter 6, verse 17, Luke describes the setting of this sermon. Luke is doing theology by geography. He's telling us about God by describing the geography of the setting and, and where this sermon takes place. You hear what he writes in verse 17, And he, that is Jesus, came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all over Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoasts of Tyre and Sidon. Luke is very particular to tell us that, that Jesus is preaching this sermon on a level place. He stood on a level place. He's not sitting on a mountain above them looking down on them. They're on a level place. Jesus, the disciples, the great multitude, the committed and the curious, all of them on the same level. There, there's meaning in that. There isn't someone who's above everybody else. There isn't someone sitting above telling them what their worth is. They're, they're all on the same level. God values all of them equally. God values all of us equally. Luke does that a lot in his Gospel. Over and over again, Luke tells people who others have looked down upon, Luke tells those people that they have value, that God values them equally. In fact, as you read through the Gospel of Luke, you will very often find what we call a reversal of fortune in the Gospel of Luke. A coin is lost. And so we go looking for that and we find it and suddenly we celebrate that what was lost is found. What was, what was dead is now alive. We have this reversal of fortune. A son leaves his father and finally makes his way back home and his father throws a party and hoes a feast for him. While the son who never left home suddenly worries and wonders if maybe he's lost his father. And so we, we listen, as we listen to Luke, we hear a message for ourselves, but we also hear a message for those who are on the outside, for those in our lives who have been put down, those who have been put upon, those who are down on their luck, those who are lost. We hear the message, blessed are you 
who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. We need to hear that. Because there are a lot of people out there, there are a lot of people out there who don't think they belong in here. There are a lot of people in our lives who don't think that they belong here. They're convinced, they've convinced themselves they're not good enough. They've convinced themselves that they've messed up one too many times, or probably more than once, one too many times. They've convinced themselves that if I came to church, if I walked in there, the roof would fall in. I can't tell you how many times we've heard that. If I came to that place, the, the roof would fall in. And we laugh, and we tell them how silly that is. We tell them everyone's welcome, and we're not going to judge. Just, just come join us. And we mean that for them. But then we mess up. We find ourselves not measuring up to the standards that, that we talk about. We screw up. We sin. We fail. And what do we do? We hide it. We pretend it didn't happen. And we hope that nobody finds out about what we did. We, we pretend we're just as good as everybody else, else. Because what if they found out? What if they knew the truth about you? What if they knew the truth about me? What if they knew who we really were? There's a lot of people around us who are blessed, but they don't know they're blessed because no one has told them that they're blessed. Now, there's another side to that also because remember, this is a reversal of fortune. And Jesus doesn't just speak blessings, He also speaks woes. <laughs> there's a series of woes in this passage, a series of curses. There are people around us who are cursed, but they don't realize that they're cursed Blessings are only, the, only half of it. You look on down in verse 24, but woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Man, those, those hit a little hard. Because by the world's standards, by anyone's standards, you and I, we are, we are wealthy. We are rich. Most of, us, most of us haven't known real hunger in our lives. The closest thing we come to hunger is when we have to go get a blood test because we're not eating right anyway, and so they have to test our blood and make sure we're, we're staying healthy and we, don't, we can't eat the night before, and oh, we're so hungry. That's, that's not hungry. Sounds a lot like us. And it ought to cause us to ask, are we blessed? Where exactly are we standing on this level place that Jesus is talking about? And it might, it might be that, that it causes us to ask, do we value the same things that God values? Do we value the same people that God values? I mentioned last week that we are a lot more familiar with Matthew's Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7 than we are on, with, Jesus, or with, with, with Luke's Sermon on the Plain or Sermon on the Level Place here in chapter 6. They're very similar. Uh, there's a lot of qualities and a lot of stories that are the same. Matthew begins with blessings, with beatitudes, just like Luke begins the sermon with beatitudes. Matthew begins with nine beatitudes. Luke only has four. And Luke then turns around and has four curses, four woes that go along with those blessings. There are no woes in Matthew's Gospel. I wonder if that's why we like it a little better. There's another major difference, though. The blessings in Matthew's sermon, Matthew's Gospel, the blessings are spiritualized. You know what I mean? They're, they're spiritualized. Let me give you an example. 
Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 has Jesus saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. In Luke, He just says blessed are the poor. But Matthew has Jesus saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But here in Luke chapter 6, verse 20, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Matthew has Jesus saying, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. But in Luke, it's just, blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. And did you pick up on the word now? Because the word now is there over and over again. The, the, the blessings contain now. The woes contain now. It's there over and over again. This is not a promise uh, that's a pie in the sky and the sweet by and by. Someday you'll get to heaven and, and you'll be just fine. You'll be blessed when you get there. These are blessings for now. You are blessed now. Why on earth would the poor be blessed now? Why would hungry people be blessed now? Why are those who are hurting, those who are mourning, why are they blessed now? What makes them blessed? They're blessed because they know you. They're blessed because they know us. They're blessed because we treat them as blessed. They're blessed because we bless them. Luke writes his Gospel. And then Luke went on to write the book of Acts, which is the story of the early church. The Gospel is the story of Jesus, and then the the book of Acts is Luke's sequel. It tells us about the early church and the life of the early church. And so if Luke in his Gospel has this reversal of fortune where those who are poor are now suddenly rich and those who, you know, those who are, are hurting are now suddenly taken care of, do we have that same reversal of fortune in Luke's book of Acts? Well, absolutely we do. Acts chapter, Acts chapter 4, verse 34, <clears throat> Luke tells us of the early church there was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as any had need. Now one chapter back in Luke chapter 5, the previous chapter, Simon the fisherman leaves his boat, leaves his nets, and he goes off to follow Jesus. He leaves everything behind and he goes to follow Jesus. One chapter back in, in Luke chapter 5, Levi, the tax collector, locks up his tax booth, leaves everything behind and goes off to follow Jesus. We, we get a few more chapters down the road and by chapter 18, these guys are starting to wonder if that was a good idea. Was that, was that really the right decision? Or What's going to happen? Are we doing this right? And so in Luke chapter 18, they start... They start wondering, is this going to work out? In Luke chapter 18, Simon says to Jesus, we have left our homes to follow you. And Jesus replies and says, truly I say to you, there is, not, there is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who will not receive many times more in this age and in the age to come eternal life See, that's that's about how we treat each other that's about how we bless each other that's how we treat each other as family and it should cause us to ask ourselves a question when people around us hear the call to follow jesus when when we tell people about following jesus they probably understand they're going to have to give something up 
They probably have to. They probably understand they're going to have to give things up. But, but do they know what they're gaining? Do they know what they gain? That they gain the love and support of a church, of a family, of a home. This is why we have generous buckets. This is why we ask you to bring just a dollar every week. Just bring a dollar. Put a dollar in the generous bucket because there are people in our community who are weeping now. And if we give and if we help them, we might give them a reason to laugh if we bless them. This is why we're asking you to bring 30 pieces of silver by Easter because there are people in our community who are hungry now. And, and we give this money and we take it to the food pantry and they're able to, to su- buy supplies for them. And we might be able to bless them and fill them now. We don't want our wealth to be our consolation. We don't want our gods to be our stomachs. We want to give ourselves to blessing others because we find our blessings in showing others just how blessed they are. There was an amazing article I saw in the news this last week, and maybe you saw it also. It was an article about a church in Cincinnati, Ohio. It's a mega church, big church in Cincinnati, Ohio. The headline read this, Cincinnati Church wipes out $46.5 million in medical debt for 45,000 families. Did you see that article? This church partnered with a debt relief group And they were able to wipe out medical debts for families in Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Indiana. The pastor said, they'll all get a letter. They'll all get a letter that says, congratulations, your debt has been paid because someone loves you. And there is a God who has not forgotten you. He went on and said, churches are at our best when we are a blessing to real people in our communities. We're not just here to have big Sunday meetings. Can you imagine? Nearly $50 million in debt wiped out. I mean, that's mind-blowing. That is overwhelming. And then we stop and think, man, what can we do? We can't compete with that. What, what can we do? I mean, anything we do is just a, a drop in a, just a drop in the bucket, right? <laughs> Anything we do is just a, just a drop in the bucket. But you know, those, those drops count. Our drops count. And I can tell you about families in our community that are blessed because our drops count. And we, we find people who have needs and we meet those needs. I can tell you about a preacher who last Sunday told his congregation about the generosity of Kansas Christian Church and used you as an example. I could tell you about the missionary I had lunch with a few weeks ago who said to me, you know, Kansas Christian Church is famous for its missions support. I said, really? He said, everybody knows Kansas Christian Church does a wonderful job with mission support. And I can tell you people in and around our community who are blessed because we have blessed them. And I say that, and I also have to tell you, Every now and then, I get to hear a complaint. Every now, and then there's, every now and then there's grumbling, right? Every now and then there's some complaints. And every now and then I will hear, well, Kansas Christian Church didn't help me. Kansas Christian Church didn't do anything for me. And that happens. I mean, we're human. And sometimes we miss opportunities to help someone. 
And sometimes, sometimes we never heard about those opportunities. We were never made known that there was an opportunity. And that's regrettable. But I have to tell you, there's other times when I hear that complaint. Kansas Christian Church didn't do anything to help me. There's times when I hear that complaint and I know better. And I know better because I know you. And I know how generous you are. And I know how kind you are. And I know what you've done. Even if nobody else does, I know the way you reach out and I know the way you bless. And you do it many times on your own. You don't do it in the name of Kansas Christian Church. But you're still here. You're a part of us. And you're a blessing. I don't know if you notice what Jesus said in verses 22 and 23. He said, blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, and when they revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. That word revile, it means, get this, the word revile means find fault. That's what revile means when people find fault in you. And if people are finding fault in us, we must be doing something right. We must be doing something right. And hear what Jesus says in verse 26. Woe to you! <clears throat> Woe to you when all people speak well of you. For so their fathers did to the false prophets. And I hope not everybody's speaking well of us. I hope, I hope not everyone speaks well of us. That does not sound good. And I hope we recognize, I hope we recognize that the blessing isn't recognition. The blessing isn't those who thank us. The blessing isn't those who say, Kansas Christian Church is the greatest. The blessing is when they look to Jesus. The blessing is when they find hope, when they find peace, when they find a Savior. The blessing is when those who are weeping are suddenly able to laugh. The blessing is, is when those who are hungry are fed. The blessing is when they find a level place where they belong and where they can be a blessing to others. And there's always going to be times when we ask, did we do enough? We're always going to have times when we say, did we do enough for that person? Did we do enough for that family? Now, as far as I know, we don't have $46.5 million on hand. No? Okay, thank you. That was just confirmed for me. We do not have $46.5 million. But we do have generous buckets. And we do have a benevolent fund. And we've got people in our community who today have food and have heat and have hope. So don't be discouraged about those times when we wonder, did we do enough? Just know that there are people in our lives today there are people in our lives today who finally know that they are blessed because you have blessed them. If you remember from Christmas, you remember Christmas, right? It's a few months ago. If you remember from Christmas, the, the Gospel of Luke begins with the story of this little girl named Mary, right? a young lady named Mary. Mary's probably about 14 or 15 years old. She lives in a small town, a little forgotten corner of the world. You, you wouldn't know where it was. On, you'd have a hard time finding it on a map tiny little place. Mary, how is she described at the beginning of the Gospel of Luke? Blessed among women, right? Blessed among women. Luke chapter 1, verse 45, her, her relative Elizabeth, 
Her relative Elizabeth says of Mary, Blessed is she who believed that what God said about her was true. Blessed is she who believed that what God said about her was true. And you know, Luke does not use that word blessed again until Luke chapter 6 describes the poor when he describes the hungry, when he describes the, the weeping, the sad, when he describes the ignored. And so that makes me wonder, is there someone in our community, is there someone in our, in our area, in our community, maybe a young girl, let's just say, maybe, maybe a young girl who has no idea that she's blessed because no one has ever told her that she's blessed. No one has ever treated her as anything but poor and hungry and sad and ignored. And what if we could make a difference in her life? What if, is she out there? She probably is. Maybe she's out there. But whether she's out there or not, it, it is our job to make a difference in people's lives. We are called to make sure that the people around us know that they are blessed. And so I just want to ask you this week, this week, Try looking at the people around you through Jesus' eyes. Try seeing them the way that Jesus obviously sees them. Look at what He calls blessed. Not necessarily what we've always called hashtag blessed. Not necessarily what our world calls blessed. Look at them through Jesus' eyes. The way that He calls them blessed. And then, through the way you love them, through the way you care for them, through the way you help them, even the way you forgive them, Make sure they know that they're blessed. Let's stand and pray. <clears throat> Father, it occurs to me that maybe we've been calling the wrong things blessings. Maybe we've been calling the wrong people blessed. And maybe we've been calling the wrong people cursed. We, we may have been looking for blessings for ourselves in all the wrong places. While we seem to naturally want to look for comfort and wealth and we want to be well-fed, help us to see the blessings of the poor, the hungry, and even those who weep. Help us not only look for these blessings, but help us to bless those who suffer. May the way that we love them point them to the love that Christ has for them. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And go in peace.